0: Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Today I want to talk about this. uh, The title of the message is, Let's See Your CV. Let's take a look at your resume, your CV. Last week uh, I talked about the glory in, 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 in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, at the second half of the chapter It talked all about God's glory and, and how the New Testament is so much more glorious Than the Old Testament And in that whole, uh, that whole thing uh, As usual I kept reading And I saw in the first half of the section Something I want to share And so even though we're doing the chapter backwards Life is rough and then you get me So we're going to talk about the first half Of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and in that whole passage what's going on is Paul is actually talking about his CV that's what he's talking about now I want you to imagine something I want you to imagine that um, let's say that you spent um, two to three years in one place and in that time Two to three years. I mean, you worked hard. You just didn't stop working. And you just want, it was a, a group of people that just needed help, that, that, that needed to be set free. And you invested time and, and, and money and everything into those three years. You invested in that place. And, and, and you saw a lot of people, uh, get set free, get, get touched by God. Uh, their eyes were open and, they, and, the, and, the, and the, the, they just got to see God in a whole new way. And then you left that place because that's what Paul used to do. Paul would go to one city and he'd spend two or three years there, sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little less. And he would spend all that time and then once he built the congregation, he would leave and go to another city. But there was these guys that used to kind of follow him around. And of course as usual, they didn't really confront him head on. It's not like they showed up in the city the same time he did. Usually they would come after him and they would bring their big letters from, from all these uh, high authorities and scholars and they would actually bring a letter of recommendation and they would come into that town and they would say, Paul has no idea what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's doing and uh, he's a nobody. You need to listen to us. And then they would begin to uh, cause all these people who were now set free, bring them back into bondage and start following all the rules and regulations like getting circumcised and things like that. All the things of the Jewish faith that Paul was saying, that doesn't bring freedom. Now, How would that make you feel? How would you feel if you invested all this time in a place and then all of a sudden someone came in after you and said, You're a nobody, you're no good, and influenced the people in a direction that uh, was the wrong way, in a sense? That was only somewhat glorious compared to the way you were showing. I'm sure you wouldn't feel good about that. Now, there's no way to stop people from doing that. There's no way. It's going to happen. But I mean, I'm sure that some of you parents can understand this concept. You you have a child. You invest all this time in their life and you, you want to see them be good or whatever. You know, you're putting stuff in them. And then all of a sudden they're a teenager. They turn on the television or the YouTube and all of a sudden they see some guy say something and you all of a sudden know nothing and this guy knows everything. And then they're all following a whole new way. I'm sure... You didn't feel good about that. And what's interesting is, and I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit more, is that you know when they do that, you kind of cringe, right? You kind of cringe. How would you like to have started a company and it's really going good and all of a sudden you leave that company and then the next guys that take it over, they just drive it right into the ground. You would feel like you had wasted so much time. That's exactly what was happening to Paul. And so Paul, in chapter 3, is actually writing to these people who are being influenced by these, what they called, Judaizers. That's what they were called at that time. And they were coming around, and they said that they were the ones in authority, and Paul had no authority. So let's read. In chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, it says, um, and I better use my glasses, or I'll already mess it up as bad as I always do. Are Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others who need to bring letters of recommendation or ask you to write such letters on our behalf? Surely not. The only letter of recommendation we need is you ourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize the good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is, is written not in pen or ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not in tablets of stone, but on human hearts. We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God, the Lord, uh, through Jesus Christ, or through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He is able to, he, is, he has enabled us to be ministers of the new covenant. This covenant is not written, uh, is not of written laws, but of the Spirit. And the old written covenant ends in death, but the new covenant ends in the spirit of life. So Paul is talking about his CV. He's, he's defending himself, but in a very interesting way. I find this a very interesting way. And so today I want you to look at your CV and see if you defend or have letters of recommendation in the same way that Paul has. Now the first thing he basically kind of says is Paul's CV is not written on paper. But it's written on the hearts of people. And so right away what he's saying is, you know... I don't have letters with me. What I have is what is in your hearts, what I've left in your hearts. That's the most important thing. Now, you know what's interesting? Like if you go to a if you if you're if you're a company and you go to another company and you're going to try to get a job, or you are on an interview and you go in and you're trying to interview with a with a company, what's the one of the first questions they ask is. Can I see what you did before? Can I talk to your previous employer? Or can I talk to the last contract guy that you had? The last thing you built. Can I ask them how things are? See, they want to know what your letter of recommendation is. Sometimes they don't really care what's on the CV letter. They care about what you have done. And this is more important. You know, I laugh because I'm looking around and I think maybe there's only maybe four people in this room, max, maximum four people in this room, who actually have ever said to me, What school did you go to? Like for theology? What school? No one's ever asked me that question. Not very, very few people have ever asked me that question. And even if they've asked me and I told them, no one's actually going to see if it's actually true. See, here's the thing. What I say and what I do, you won't care what my recommendations are. I'm either, I either, excuse the expression, suck or I'm good or I'm decent or something but it's really by what I do and what I say. See, this is our CV. The most important part of our lives is not what we, say, have on the trophy shelf or uh, documentations, but rather what we've done, what we've accomplished. Have you ever noticed that, like, if you're working with a business and you're working in partnership, right? You set a contract at the beginning. But if there's trust, as you're going through the process... You're trusting each other and you're solving problems. You know that the biggest problem is when the contract comes out and you're starting to say, you said you would do this. And the other guy saying, well, you said you would do this. And now you know there's trouble. Anytime you get a piece of paper put out on the table and you start talking about who said what, you're already in trouble. You've, in many ways, you've already lost. Paul says, you know what, I don't have letters of recommendation I have a different type of CV. And I've written it in hearts. How's your CV? See, the first thing that Paul has on his CV, it's like the top thing, the, the thing that would go on his, uh, is his, his, the first part of his letterhead. And this would be the first thing that you all need to have on your CV is this, that you need to have a godly reputation because a godly reputation helps when accusers speak against you. It's really the godly reputation. See, he lived among these people for a year and a half. See, for example, my my wife, right? My wife and I, like, we live openly, you know, like to each other. We live openly. She knows my reputation. I know her reputation. She has a very good reputation. And if someone came to me, because I've been living with her for years and she's been very consistently godly, consistently with a good reputation, if someone was to come to me and accuse me uh, and say to her, you know, like, she's done this, 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 and this, I would know. Probably know if it's true or not. Like, I would already have a sense. I would say, no way. See, because you can't stop You can't stop. You you can't stop someone from going, Hey, do you know so and so? You can't stop an accuser. You can't stop someone from gossiping against you. You can't stop someone from accusing you. You should see what happened in the book of Job. It's a really beautiful thing. Satan comes to God and is going to accuse Job. Job. And this is what God says about Job. He says, he says uh, And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him in all the earth. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and turns away from evil. Woo, what a CV. What a CV. What an amazing CV. How would you like God to say that about you? How would you like it if someone came to your friend and started gossiping or accusing you and your friend said, no way, no way. The dude is blameless, spotless. I know them. That's not what they do. I know you're lying to me. Woo! Great CV, yeah? Wonderful CV. Now, I want to help you with something because, you know, no one's perfect. Paul wasn't perfect. No one's perfect, and so we're going to make mistakes, right? I'm going to help you with your CV today. I'm going to help you very well with your CV today, okay? The best way to keep a godly reputation is to admit when you make a mistake. Be the first one to admit that you make a mistake. For example, that's one of the reasons why I'm apologizing for being late last night because I don't want to just say, hey, it was a great time, it was great singers, great everything. It was wonderful, it was perfect. And yet I know that there were some people who were waiting and they were hungry because they took too long. And I know, I just got a report this morning, the food, there was a problem with the food, so forgive us. You know, we're working on those things. I'll be the first one to admit we're not perfect. It It happens and hopefully we make it better. You know, again, my wife and I, we live very openly to one another. She knows everything about me and I know everything about her. And so, you know, if someone comes to her and starts gossiping about me and they're wrong, she'll know. She'll go, nope, I know that's not my husband. But if someone comes to her and actually accuses of something that I've done, something I've done that's wrong, you know what she's going to say? Yeah, I know see how that stops yeah I know yep he's talked to me about that yep yeah he's cried about that he's admitted he's wrong yeah kind of stops that what, what are you gonna do That's why we got to stop with the Jaim that's why we got to stop with the afraid to admit when we're wrong because it doesn't go well on our CV. It doesn't go good, you know. If it it, like right now, for example, take for example Johnson. You always sit in the front row, so you get the worst of you. So right, so okay, so you know, someone comes over to Johnson, says, "Hey, you know what? Last night, man, they were late, man. They were late, right? It's not the first time they were late. What can Johnson say? He can't say you're wrong. It's true." And if Johnson says, hey, you know, Christmas Eve, we're going to start at 6, then you might say, nah, hmm, probably not. Most like 6.30, maybe 7, something like that. Why? Because we're not making it better, and we're not admitting it. This is the problem with not having a CV where you're admitting your mistakes. It helps to have... And by the way, if your reputation is not godly... Those around you, if you're not godly, then and they, if they have a low opinion of you and they don't know Jesus, they're probably going to have a low opinion of Jesus as well. Second thing is, Paul kind of basically says, the best recommendation letter, and we, I kind of said it, is, is you. You're our best recommendation letter. And he says, basically, the best recommendation letter that you can have is to live an open life life of integrity in front of people an open life of integrity in front of people you know this week I, we, we, we were in a staff meeting it was either this week or last week we were just kind of praying together and we just started going around and and saying what we were thankful for for each other by the way good exercise do it with your family you do it even with your workmates. it's a good exercise let's talk about what we're thankful for about each other Instead of what's wrong, right? So we were going around the room, and i tell you, I just got, I got so complimented. I was so blessed uh, because one of the staff members, she looked at me and she said, she said, Pastor, I'm so thankful that you're human. I don't know about you, but to me, that's a great compliment because I'm just living an open life, you know? I'm not afraid to dance. I'm not afraid to cry. I'm not afraid to laugh. I'm not afraid to make a mistake. I'm just who I am. You get what you get. But you're not going to get the difference in one place and another. You're just going to get what you get. I'm just trying to serve God. Yes, I want to be holy. Yes, I want to serve God. Yes, I want to be absolutely perfect. But I'm just who I am. It's a beautiful thing. Resume that you can have if you simply are open and you live an open life of integrity towards people. This is what Paul did. It was so important to him. And, you know, it's funny because... I, well, let me... I'm going I'm to get ahead of myself, but we're going to stop soon. You should be investing in people's lives. You should be investing in people's lives. And we'll talk about that in a minute. You know? But here's what always gets me, and and I'll go back to the parent thing. Here you are, investing in your kid's life, right? You're investing in your kid's life, and someone comes along and and, and says something to your kid. They have no idea what they're talking about, and all of a sudden, your child is like, you know, off in la-la land, and you know nothing, and he knows everything. We've all been there. I mean, if you have a kid, if you have a teenager, you've definitely been there. Uh, And, you know, it's just kind of normal, right? And, And it happens. But here's, I have, a, I have something I want to say to you. I want to say to some of the young people too. Wes is a good friend of mine. I, I love Wes. He's a good friend of mine. And he's invested in my life. And he has spoken things to me that has helped me grow. Right? So when someone I don't know comes along and tries to inv- say something about my life, why should I listen They've never loved me. They've never cared about me. They've never invested in me. They've never lived openly in front of me. Why am I listening to them? Don't give authority to someone who has no idea where you're at. Give the people who love you. Let them speak into your life, young people. Let people who care about you speak into your life. Stop listening to people who don't know you. That's what was going on here. These, these Judaizers, what we're called, they would come into a town, they would come in with letters of recommendation from these high ups. Sometimes they would even forge Paul's name on a letter and say they were from Paul, right? They had no idea who these people were and they listening to them. Why? Listen to people who are caring about you, who are investing in your life, who really love you. Those are the people you should should listen to. And by the way, you shouldn't take any authority if you haven't done that with people. What are you doing taking authority in people's lives if you haven't invested anything in them? Almost done. Question for you. What is the fruit of your influence? What is the fruit of your influence? Because that's what Paul says on his CV, basically. He says... Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. So see, going back to this thing about parents and children, when, you're, when, when someone that you've invested in, when you've invested in your child, and your child goes off, now I know young people, listen, it's, it's interesting that the kids are in today because we can't use the rooms over there, so it's good you're here. You know, because... Your, your, your parents are investing when you go off and do something like not so good like, like the time where my name was in the paper you know because I was uh, I was picked up let's just say it that way by the police so, so I was nakal when I was younger you know and I saw the grief on my father's face when he saw my name because his name was there because it's Butera that's his name And you know, I could get all mad and say, Dad, you're only worried about yourself. Well, it is a reflection on him. Young people, what you do is a reflection on your parents. It's a reflection. Just don't grieve your parents that way. Wait until you're older. Then you can do whatever you want. And you have kids. Then you won't do what you want. Never mind. That's a whole other sermon. But see... It's so important that we see what our fruit is. What is our fruit in people's lives? Remember, we talked last week, if you were here, we talked about how uh, Moses was in the cleft of the rock. He put a, and and it says that that God's glory went by, and, 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 and Moses couldn't see. God's face because you know, even God actually covered his eyes so you couldn't see it and it says that you could only see the back of me. Actually when you look in the Hebrew what it's actually saying is you get to see the after effects of God's glory. The after effects of his glory. What's the after effects of your investment in people's lives? What's your after effect? What are they he's saying you are a letter of Christ. I mean, just, you show, your, your, your fruit shows that I actually have invested in your life in a good way and now you're producing beautiful fruit. What's your investment in people's life? You know, the, that song, it says, When you walked into the room, everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble at the sound of your name. Something like that. Anyways, um... But what it means is, like, when, when God comes in the room and then He leaves, the whole atmosphere changes. And not in a bad way. How about when you come in a room and you leave the room? Are people grumbling and thankful that you left the room? Or are they feeling refreshed and renewed? Now, Paul says, you cannot do that with a letter. You cannot do it. What you must do, it has to be from the Spirit. What is the Spirit? The Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Joy, pace, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, that's the fruit that you should be investing in people's life. They should see you and that your children should see you as a parent pouring into them with that kind of spirit. Because when you do, they will be the fruit of your ministry. I don't know about you, but as I guess I'm talking to parents today. Sorry if you're single, uh, uh, but you know, you, you can still invest in people's lives. That's the next one. You'll get it. Um, but like, you know, I know that my kids, when they left for college, I'm like, okay, outside my reach now, outside my watch, Lord Jesus, I pray the investment. I'm praying that it bears fruit when they go out there. I pray that my name is not in the paper like I did to my dad, you know. But I could trust them. I think I could trust them more than I could trust. I could have trusted me because not that my father didn't invest in me, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know any of that. So like, you know, I was all over the place and I love my dad. I I love dad. If you're listening, I know he listens sometimes. I love you. You did a great job. And he's sitting back now saying this. Yes, I know, I raised you. Look at you. Anyways, never mind. (laughs) Finally, what letter are you writing on people's hearts? What letter are you writing on people's hearts? Now, I've talked a little bit about this, but I want to kind of say to this, first, are you investing in anyone? Are you investing in anyone? I, I kind of told this story, but I'm going to tell it again. When I was 23 years old or so, I don't know what happened. I wasn't a pastor or anything, but I used to go to this little small church and for some reason, this eight-year-old kid, this eight-year-old kid just started hanging with me. Like, I think because I used to bounce and stuff and jump up and down, kind of like I do now, but I used to bounce a lot better and faster and higher. Um, and and, and he, so he used to like to hang with me. So during worship, he was always, he'd just come over, you know? mom would just let him go and he just comes stand with me and he would spend the whole time with me and so one day after the the message i felt like i needed to go to the altar so i just looked at him i said matt you want to go to the altar he's like yeah so i went up to the altar and i was praying he was he was kind of proud i don't know what he was doing he's he's a kid you know and 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 so i finally i said to him, because i hadn't met his dad and i said matt where's your dad and he goes well my my dad did this he was in the room when his father shot himself in the head. And when I heard that, my, I just, my heart broke for him. And I said, I've got to spend time with this kid. I've got to invest in this kid. Now, I didn't spend a lot of time with him. I used to just go out with him you know, once a week or so, go, go throw a ball with him or just take him to the movie. I just, I just spent some time with him. Not a whole big deal. I didn't do a whole lot. About 10 years later or so, 10, 12 years later, I was in my office. I was pastoring at the time, and all of a sudden my 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 secretary came in and she said she said, Hey, there's a a military man here to see you. And so this kid comes walking in. He's in all white, very formal um uh dress, formal uh uniform. And he came in and he goes, You don't know who I am, you don't recognize me. I said, No, I don't recognize you. He said, I'm Matt. And he said, I just came back to tell you thank you for spending time with me. Because you're spending time with me. He helped me through that time. And he says, now, you know, I, I love Jesus. I'm serving God. And I, I wanted to dress in my formal wear so I could come and thank you. Today he has a ministry. Today he has a ministry. He helps hundreds and hundreds of people. Every now and then I'll hear from him. I've got a couple of people. They call me dad. Do you have anybody that calls you dad? Like, that isn't your kid. Do you have anybody who will call you when they're in trouble? Like, that's not your kid. That like says, hey, I know someone who is invested in my life, who cares about me, who will help me, who will give me advice. See, that's the letter you should be writing. That's your recommendation. That's your CV. And if you don't have somebody like that, it's time to start investing in people's lives. It's time to start pouring in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I'll add one. Spending time with them. Caring about them. If you don't have a recommendation like that, you don't have a good CV in God's eyes. Look at this little kid. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? She deserves... Someone who loves her. And not just her parents. She needs someone who's going to invest in her life, who she's not scared of, like me, as she runs away because she's worried. <laughs> who are you investing in? What is the fruit of your investment in their lives? What is your CV today? What are you leaving behind? as you leave the people you spend time with. This is Paul's CV. This is what it's all about that we should be doing in people's lives. I'm gonna just shout one more thing and shut up after that. Probably not, but I'll, yeah. It's time we stop thinking about ourselves. It's time we stop worrying about, you know, our money, our way, our time, our space. And start investing in other people's lives. Because the Bible's clear. If you invest in other people's life, when you need help, they will invest in yours.